0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station, Plains FM
1: 96.9, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host, Ian Turner. On the show today, Matthew Pike. But first, I want to tell you about Garden of Sound's latest competition, which could see you and a friend off to Selwyn Sounds come March 7th, next year in lincoln just head to gardenofsound.nz to enter you do need to be 18 though but you could be winning those tickets worth almost 250 dollars right today's guest matt pike he's a singer a songwriter a bassist a guitarist an occasional violinist he's also an actor a dancer an event organizer and promoter is there nothing this man can't do but coming from a fairly sheltered upbringing how did this Wellington native get a start in the business? And what bands influenced the Matt Pike we know today? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Matt Pike on Plains FM 96.9. Matt, I want to kick off just by asking uh, you about life as a young person and, and, and music. When did you first hear it? When did it begin to mean something to you? As a, as a little toddler, I was very
0: much into music. We had a pretty musical household. My parents were very musical, big fans of music. Um, I remember listening to records like, there's a little
1: toddler, too, two. What kind of records?
0: It was actually quite a sheltered upbringing I had. So it was very... We we were in the Salvation Army, so... Mm-hmm. I remember vividly a, an Alba album that rocked my boat. Just the best of. Mm-hmm. Catch a Turian. Do you know the in line? Yes. That's kind of my... You know, one of those greatest of all time kind of melodies that always come back to me. Um, and also Jesus Christ Superstar, but... A orchestral version, so I didn't hear the lyrics. I wasn't influenced by the lyrics that Tim Rice had written.
1: And how old were you at that point, hearing Superstar? I was probably two, three, four. Uh-huh. Yeah, brothers, sisters, little sister. Uh huh. And we
0: did we did a lot of singing together. That was like one of those nice memories I have of you know um, siblings singing together. my, my mum had a, a siblings group that she sang with her sisters, three part harmonies, sort of. Andrew's sister, sister style stuff, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And what was your dad's claim to fame in the music world? He was deeply into brass bands
0: and carry on. Um, his father was quite a renowned singer, and he was himself a broadcaster, so he was uh, a DJ voice, and uh, that that was more his thing. So I've been terrified of being an orator more than being a musician, because i would be following in his footsteps. But it's kind of been... It's been a good grounding, because it's... I've had an example just how orators go about doing what they do, um, but of course he set the standards so high that I find it quite hard, quite
1: quite intimidating. So, was music a route uh, that you felt sort of compelled, or was it a desirable road to travel down for you?
0: It was something that I really wanted to do um, from a very young age. I didn't have any particular direction. I I quite like the idea of playing the guitar, mm-hmm. rock and roll,
1: you know that sort of thing. Yep. Where does the rock and roll influence coming in? Because that feels about a million miles away from the Sallies. Yes, it's funny you say that, but uh, I think I was about seven
0: when a girl, a boarder who was staying at our house had um, a Queen cassette and she played it to me and blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind and I was like, wow, this is, this is it. This Because you'd hear the radio, but you'd just hear the odd song, but a whole album in its entirety. News of the World, man, what an album. And I remember playing that over and over and over. So inspired mm-hmm. and decided, right, well, that's that. I want, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. That is awesome.
1: So you've got the vocals going on and you've talked about guitar. So musical instruction at least. Uh, was this a school thing or were you sent off to, to singing lessons potentially? Where did that happen? I didn't actually, partic- I didn't really learn to
0: sing, unfortunately. I was actually given the opportunity to learn violin after getting an ear test at okay. primary school and i was like no i want to play guitar but if violin's the only thing going we'll get that and so i did that and i still play the violin to this day sort of kind of reluctantly but it's there but um that was a really good um yeah good stepping stone and i learned a lot um in those early years musically and then as time went on um i did i picked up the bass guitar Guitars, things like that.
1: So okay, so no we've got from... we've got bass guitar, which all of a sudden has has entered into the picture. But mm. it's, it seems like guitar itself hasn't sort of had much of a much of a feature. Why why the bass? How did that come about? A f- good friend of mine, Matt Fields, who um, this
0: is very shortly after I learned violin, I would go go and hang out at his place, and he'd show me how to play the guitar, and it's, oh, it's great. Yeah. So he, then he actually he's now a professional bass player. He yeah, um He's been living in New York for many years, and um, so he sort of showed me the ropes. This is how you get around, get your fingers around a bass guitar. Oh, you got big fingers. You might, yeah, you might be a bass player, So I stuck with it, and it actually, it's, it's kind of like that was the, that was the instrument that was lacking in a lot of bands, and I was like, no, I'll play the bass. I love playing the bass.
1: Why do you think that is?
0: Yeah, I can't put my finger on why. Um, it's a glorious instrument, the old guitar. So, you know, I think a lot of people sort of gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. I
1: want to be the rock star playing guitar. So, With the exception of, of Matt, do you know many other bassists? Um,
0: yeah. No, actually, yeah. Quite a few. lot
1: of my good friends are bass players. Yeah. Can you see any similarities in the way they live their life or perhaps um, personal characteristics?
0: Generally speaking... Bass players tend to be the the quiet character in a group who hold it together. The drummers tend to be incredibly entertaining, always hilarious people. Um, Singers tend to be completely neurotic (laughs) and very hard work to get control of. Uh, You know, you could, you could characterize everybody like that but of course it's a description to the rules
1: so in a way and i do see you as sort of two sides of the coin as somebody you know dependable but you've got an amazing voice as well as a as a singer when was the first public big Matt on his own singing experience i think it would be
0: what's fifth form i was maybe 15 16
1: and we
0: had a a three piece band. I'd not been in a band before. This was my first band. We got together. It was at school, and um, we played sort of "Born to Be Wild," sort of you know that sort of regular rock and roll stuff. And any uh, smoke on the water? We of course there was. And we, um, yeah, we called ourselves Twelve Gauge. It was you know it was like a it was it was like ah oh, it was it was funny and i just considered it was important to have a singer so if nobody else in the band sings i'll sing and it just and i was playing basic course so that tended that that actually became almost what i fell into mm-hmm. um rather than it being oh, i want to be the singer in a band even though i was deeply i was really very inspired by freddie back in the day but i was probably just as inspired by the other musicians in the band so mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I felt it, I'll keep playing and singing until we find a singer. That mm. was generally the way I was going about being involved in these creative projects.
1: So were there any other singing bassists out there that at that point you were thinking you'd emulate your cell phone?
0: Um, yeah, Sting was definitely doing his thing at that stage and and that was very inspiring. Um, and also I think it probably pushed me to try and be a tenor when I wasn't particularly a tenor. Mm-hmm. I was, i'm i yeah listen to me talk right now, I'm definitely a baritone in my voice, but it pushes your range so you know you can do those roles and and as I've gone on through my through my career, I do tend to get lumped into the tenor roles mm-hmm. just because i can mm-hmm. um and i do I really enjoy it, but it's um yeah, it's not necessarily where my voice naturally sits mm. Phil Linnet thin Lizzy, although that didn't really. Figure heavily in my in my influences until perhaps later on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's time for some music, um, yeah. and we've sort of covered heaps. Uh, there's probably a bit of Ian Gillan in there, Phil Lynott, mm. um, uh, old Gordon Sumner.
0: Yes, well done, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Sumner,
1: yeah. Um, but you have talked quite a bit about
0: Queen, as much as I'd like to go to the very beginning, which was pretty much where I. I I first heard that, that News of the World. What was your standout track from News of the World? Well, it's funny you should ask that, because I listened to the first track on side two over and over and over. I was so infatuated with it. What was that? And then my father came into the kitchen one day, took it out of the cassette player, and said, you're too young to listen to this, and walked away with the cassette. And I was devastated, but also very curious. I went, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is very powerful stuff. But I don't particularly want to play that song because it's Freddie Mercury singing Get down, make love over and over and over. It's it's like the most ridiculous song with all these innuendos thrown in but the, the, the texture of the music is really fascinating. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's probably best to listen to the very last track on the last album that Freddie produced or was part of Um yeah the show must go on. it's, uh, it's pretty it's, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful hurrah from him an incredible performance and yeah it has that whole the whole la- the whole landscape, the soundscape sorry, the soundscape of Queen um, yeah can't, can't go past it <laughs>
2: Spaces. What are we living for? Abandoned places. I guess we know the score. On and on. Does anybody know what we are looking for? Another hero. Another mindless crying behind the curtain. In the past. anymore
1: garden of sound interview with Matt Pike on Planes FM 96.9. Hey, I'm Max, singer and guitarist from Merlin Co. When you need some stellar photos to help sell your band or next gig, get in touch with Shannon Jessica. She's not just a great photographer, she froths local music. And that passion comes through full swing in all the work she does. This month, Shannon's offering a lovely introductory special, meaning your shoot could cost as little as $150. But these packages have got to be snatched up by the end of the month. So visit shannonjessica.com for a beaut portfolio from your next gig. That's shannonjessica.com. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Matt Pike on Plains FM 96.9. Matt, I want to talk about uh, gigs. Uh, you've talked about having the uh, the cassette taken away from you by your, your father, but I want to talk about the first big gig that you attended, perhaps that you attended of your own volition, that you paid some money to uh, to get along to?
0: I hate to sound like a broken record, but this was Queen at Mount Smart Stadium, 1985. Okay. I was in my first year at high school, and uh, cottoned on that they were coming to New Zealand and moved hell and high water to get up there. So where did the money come from for the um, for the ticket? Oh, boy, I saved, and I saved, and I saved. And I did. Ha- I had a friend in Auckland who I went and stayed with, and, and I I'd, I'd done that trip a couple of times beforehand. But yeah, with the, with going to see a, a show, and we were we were pretty little kids at this stage. We weren't, we weren't tall, so we had to buy little Coke cans to stand on
1: to actually see what was going on. And would have been tremendously overwhelming. So what was this, oh, yeah. what was a standout number of the uh, concert? Um, it was it was
0: during the it was their works. Albums, so they came out with hammer to fall and the big rock numbers. Those were the those were the biggest thrills For me to hear these brand new songs being played through you yeah, the big PA and
1: and And what was your opinion because you spent a lot of time listening to this music and mm. you've got the Stereophonic and the sublime production all of a sudden transferred to this live music environment Did it sound strange? I was swept up in the whole experience. I certainly wasn't critical at any moment.
0: And as it happened, I mean, it, Freddie couldn't put a foot wrong. Everything was perfect, and I since had read his biography, and it turned out to be his worst gig he's ever ever performed at. I don't know if you're aware of this, but he was blasted. They had to peel him off the floor to get him on stage to sing that gig. He was – I don't know the name of the guy, but I think he sang for Spandau Ballet. And so the two of them got together – they hadn't seen each other or something for a while and they started drinking in the afternoon and by the time it came showtime, he was rotten. But I definitely remember he, his mate from Spandau Ballet came out and sang some duets at the end of the night. I remember um, Jailhouse Rock. There, was, yeah, there were a couple of other songs they sang together and to my mind, everything was perfect. It was just such an impeccable performance. <laughs> you was
1: the worst. You didn't know any better. No, of course. What about the first professional band gig? Even if the the payment was negligible, mm. um, getting up on stage, um, how did that come about? That would mm,
0: that would have probably been playing at somebody's wedding at the gardens in Wellington, sort of thing. And and at that stage, um, I was playing jazz bass. Um, and we'd do, you know, uh, rock and roll covers at the end of the night. It was just—it was just as much fun as as any other gig. It was just a means to an end, almost. So I, I presume think. you weren't
1: sort of uh, making a living off that. What were you doing um, outside of the band thing at the time? I was studying
0: all through this. I, was, I went through um, university, uh, bachelor of music, which, as I got to the third year, they offered. Um, a major of ethnomusicology, so I had a double major of that and music history. And at that stage,
1: was that something you wanted to do, or is this sort of mum and dad going?
0: Matt? Yeah, well, I, I definitely had I had to get a tertiary education. Had to. Well, that was yeah, that was a bloody good idea as far as my dad was concerned, and and I'm glad I went through it. Um, and it also, yeah, just grounded me. In a lot of different styles, I sang in you know um the chamber choir and there and things like that I had a lot of good experience. but I got to the end of that, and I was still pushing away. I had an original band, the big deal band um working here in Wellington and so I kind of had a little gap year. plan a was to go back and do uh teachers' college later on, and during that gap year, then i um I auditioned for the Jesus Christ Superstar tour mm-hmm. um, that toured NZ, Aussie, mm-hmm. and and just got the gig. So yep. uh, never never went back to plan A from
1: that point on. Were you prepared? I guess for I guess the popularity or the success of that that show, or the or the length that it ran, even.
0: I I had no idea what I was walking into, and. And I didn't even think that that was even a career to be honest with you. and so I was I was just so I was just I was really pleased to be involved in something of that caliber to start with. and looking back at it, it was one of the best gigs I've ever done. Uh, I did find by the time uh, we we went through all the main centres in New Zealand and by the time we got to Australia, I was actually quite burnt out. Just by all the excitement and the adrenaline of every night, and not having any grounding in that, it was it was quite a. Um,
1: so, had you done much music theatre prior to Superstar? Next to zero, mm-hmm. I I had been. We'd done Jesus Christ Superstar in my last year at college. Mm-hmm. Of course, you had the grounding from the instrumental version from all of those years. Indeed.
0: Ago. Well, it, it was really handy because as it happened, um, I was I was auditioning for that superstar production at school. I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to do Jesus. That's a great role. And I you know, did, did a I thought it was a fairly good audition and they said, no no, we need you to play the bass guitar. I am like, <laughs> but I did
1: But I want to be Jesus. Yes, yeah, but
0: I want to be Jesus. And uh I actually really enjoyed playing the bass guitar in that show and they and they succumbed and gave me um the role of Herod to come up and and
1: you know, flaunt about on the stage for a song and then go back to the pit. What were the downsides of, I guess, 18 months on the road? What were the downsides? Or actually, um, across all of your performance experience, hmm. what's been some stuff that you thought, you know, I could have done without that happening?
0: The, the trickiest thing I find is actually in between those gigs when there's, there's no light on the horizon, that's, that's the hardest part where you have to stay focused on honing your craft, your skills, and, and keep, just keep at it because even, even when there's nothing on the horizon, boy, it's, um, it's a real test of will mm. to keep pushing.
1: So have you got any uh, specific piece of uh, advice for, for young little, let's say, early teens, Matt, before he steps out into the performing world?
0: Just be, you know, the old believe in yourself kind of shtick. Because was that not there? N- not so much. No. Um, and I, yeah, I, 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 because it sounds like you've got a tremendously supportive family. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also, I also grew up in, in the Kiwi knocking machine of New Zealand, and I think that still, still has its effect as well. Where you you just don't want to get up on stage and just do it because I am me, um, you know. I, I like to have have worked hard and, and know exactly what I'm going to do when I go out on the stage, sort of thing. Because otherwise, you know, you you're setting yourself up for another knocking. Mm. I think I think that might be where it is. I, yeah, you're right. I'm definitely very very supported by yeah you know, my family and 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 um, and friends. It's it's I've been quite blessed in that regard. Definitely. If you do have a self belief of of some description like that when you're young, you do tend to land in a place where you are doing your best work earlier in your career. I think that's also another thing. Yeah. Um, being in New Zealand, we I, I definitely I just throw it out there. I'll do whatever works. Going um, acting, I'll be involved in any you know, musical production at any. At any point, yeah, 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 because yeah, um, promoters take note. You've just got to, you just got to get out there and, and and just keep pushing. Yeah, keep, keep doing what you do.
1: Mm. If you've got the skills to do it, you should be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Some time for some music. Okay. Um, is there something which makes your heart sing, or even zing, out there? Well, my heart zinger.
0: Um, I I've, I love I love Elbow. It's one of the few bands that I get really excited about. Why? They just seem to have everything going on that I really enjoy. They do soundscape. They do the way they record is even exciting. But, you know, they don't they don't compress everything into a tiny little sound. They let the big sounds be big, small sounds be small. The the lyrics from Guy Garvey are beautiful, invariably. Um, yeah, I just I just have a thing for Elbow, and one of their best tracks, and to my mind, is One Day Like This. Um. Always, not always, but often, I'll have a little tear spring to my eye. Yeah, just something. I don't even know what it is. There's something about it that just yeah. Where were you when you me. first heard the song? I was in Germany. I think this might be 2004 ish, and we were living in um. I uh, yeah. Long story short, I married a German when I was working in Germany, and um. We were staying at my in-laws for a year. We, li- we lived over there. Um, um, my father-in-law passed away and we stayed with the family for a while. And I was sort of, you know, getting a little bit stir-crazy and I heard that this album had come out and I was like, oh, i got have to go and grab it. So I went and got it, brought it home and I, yeah, listened to it, I don't know, a million odd times. It was just gorgeous. It was perfect. Really good, and it also, you know, just this there's a lot of lines that Guy Garvey throws in that just somehow they resonate with me, and yeah, I love it, just love it. Mm-hmm.
3: Politely up, repeats. Yeah, kiss me when my lips are thin. Who's holy cow?
4: we yeah. yeah.
1: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Matt Pike on Plains FM ninety six point nine. Matt, I want to talk about original music and the music making process. Let's. Um, when was the first time you recorded a song?
0: I recorded with the Big Deal Band. We we had um, were, kind, we we're sort of a late eighties early nineties rock band, and we had a couple of songs, and one was a was a ballad. And we thought, well, we've got to go and record this because I think this could be the this could be the breakthrough song. So we, yeah, we. Um
1: Who would you compare yourself to? Whoa, oh, what!
0: <laughs> I remember getting at the end of that, um, getting to the end of that recording session and saying to the engineer, "Can you make these backing vocals sound like Bon Jovi?" <laughs> you
1: don't hear that very often. Well, maybe in 1987, but today, yeah. no, not so much. Yeah. This was,
0: I think, about 1990.
1: Okay, 91. Okay, so yeah. we're kind of pre-grunge uh, just you know grunge is just in
0: getting in there and Appetite for Destruction has it's, made its dent, done its thing. You, yeah. You're on to use your illusion at
1: that point. Are uh, really? you? Yeah, 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 you probably are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, so big deal. You're in the um, you're in the studio. Um, what is your process for creating an original?
0: Of course, it's always varied, but I think the average process would be hearing some. Hearing some, some chords and some music and, and, and seeing where that can go. Ladi daring over the top, finding what those lyrics are and what they might mean, having and that that's that's the part of the songwriting process that tends to take months, if not years.
1: You say finding where does your um, inspiration come from in the, the lyric?
0: Lyric wise. Uh, it tends to be the the lyric that just pops out. And then I'm trying to make sense of what does that mean, and then you can expound that idea and see you know where you can take the idea. So it's not ne- there's no there's no real rhyme or reason there.
1: So putting words into your mouth, would you say that the the feel and the sound might be more important? Uh,
0: definitely from the the initial creative stage. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you want
0: to you want to be recording music that that feels right to you, musically at least. And, um, yeah, I find that lyrics don't come as naturally and so easy, so it's actually that it's lyrics that take the effort to, to turn it into a song.
1: Have you ever worked with anyone uh, who has provided the lyrics? No, you know what, I haven't.
0: And I think that sort of uh, ties in with that that idea of not necessarily being um, a singer first and foremost, but actually being the singer almost end yeah, up. I, I just realised. Oh,
1: that's actually that's the singer's job. So I have to work out the lyrics as well. You know, <laughs> I have to. I have to talk them between songs. I have to. Yeah. But not always. If we look at Elton John as a prime example of an absolutely yeah. brilliant musician, and you know, leaving it up to old old Bernie. Mm, um, mm. Uh, I want to talk about one of your most r- recent original uh, releases. And uh, the name of the group is is Spike. Yeah. So, uh, what is Spike? Is Spike Matt Pike, uh, or is it a group of like-minded individuals? Um,
0: now, when I uh, when I learnt the guitar um, off my my mate Matt Fields back in the day, I don't know, I was nine or ten, and at that stage, there's if, if, a uh, radio personality by the name of Nathan Rowery, who was another good mate of mine, and he decided. I did not realise you knew Nathan. He decided my nickname was Spike, and um, and so everybody at that in that um, in that group in that circle called me Spike. And uh, when I got to the point where I was, like, oh, I'm going to release this one. I'm going to release it under. Um, that became my my go to. I thought, like, well, I'm doing this for that for that. That young young fellow who wanted to release his own music, so I'm going to call this Spike. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the totem is
1: effectively "Tales of the Eternal Moment."
0: Is the uh, okay? Go into a
1: little more detail about "Tales of the Eternal Moment." What does that mean?
0: Well, I mean, I've we've not really touched on it, but I've I've been quite uh, taken by yoga and a lot of spiritual practices and uh, meditation. So um, I, I'd say the bulk of um, my my lyrics do come out of that space, so that, that's really that's that's effectively that what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the, I think that's the whole that's kind of the idea of of I find writing lyrics. You're almost you're digging into your subconscious to find what it is that is going on under the surface. So yeah, in a way that this is this is me sort of digging away. And if I've got something that I can share. I want I want everyone to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully it does something for you too kind of thing, you know. What are we going to hear off the album? Uh, this is the one tune that is quite down-tempo, um, but definitely everybody who heard it said this is the number, and as we worked on it longer and longer, I, it was the one number that I, I really, really fell in love with, and I spent a lot of time just orchestrating and and fleshing it out as time went on. Uh yeah, so the labyrinth it's effectively inspired I think it's Einstein might have said, you know, the, the the thinking that got you into that problem won't be solved by that thinking. You need to basically step outside of that that mindset, that paradigm, in order to solve the problem. So that's kind of the 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 um inspiration behind the idea. And yeah, this I mean there's 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 a little for me, there's a little bit of um, uh, acknowledgement of, uh, of, of depression, helplessness as well, um, all that sort of, it's kind of tied in there as well.
1: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Matt Pike on Plains FM 96.9. Uh, Matt, we've just heard Labyrinth. Would you say that's one of your most rewarding projects? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely putting your own music
0: together is deeply satisfying, especially when it comes to that. I mean, yeah, every time I listen to that, I'm still quite excited by it. So that is yeah, that's definitely satisfying. I, there's a few musicals I'd love to revisit, of course, but... Um, Generally speaking, it's the it's getting to a studio and a knuckling down, working out the best way to get a, a, a song together, and
1: then to do what
0: with it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of those a lot of those songs because they're very guitar based. It's very easy to get up there and just sing and play a guitar. Um, shortly after I'd finished that rec- that that project and 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 got it out, um, yeah, uh, did did some gigs and the and the most satisfying one was doing it at the sound shell here in wellington mm-hmm. and it was one of those perfect days of course it was built the whole week was atrocious weather and then on the afternoon of our gig everything just lightened up it was a perfect day and the and the evening was gorgeous people sat on the wet grass and enjoyed it and man it was yeah that was a real thrill that was amazing just Putting Just pouring your own music onto these people and they're just and they're just enjoying it. That's that's really
1: deeply satisfying So I said in the preamble you're a you're a singer. You're an actor um, you've had involvement in sort of uh, community garden schemes and mm. encouraging other folks to get out and singing depending on their um, uh, on Their ability. So what is what is on the the horizon? What's something that Matt wants to do to do more of?
0: I do have a project I'd love to get going again. Um, I've got a collection of 19th century songs mm-hmm. that um, I'm still chipping away at trying to get the right accom- uh, yeah, accompaniment to, uh, just to sort of almost modernise them in a way.
1: Collection of different uh, composers?
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Debussy, yep. Fauré, Tchaikovsky, uh, Rachmaninov, that that sort of era of music, and um, yeah, it's just something I've always, I've had it I've had it sitting there on on the back burner for over a decade. I've put it on the stage uh, at Bats Theatre a few years ago, um, which. I mean, it, it was a rush job, and I, I'm glad I got it out there, but that was kind of like the first stage. I felt like there was more I could give it.
1: Any vocals, or is it just solely the music? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, these
0: are all um, actual songs. There's a leader or mo- Melody, mm-hmm. if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, the trick is that a lot of them are in different languages and things, so um, that's that's been a bit of a learning curve.
1: What do you think your time overseas has given you, Germany especially, in terms of your musical development?
0: I have noticed that takes a lot to make me nervous uh when i was when i went over to do cats in hamburg um i was singing an entire show by rote in a language i didn't understand i was dancing the entire show and i'd never been to a dance class so everything was i'd never been quite so nervous in all my life so th- having that for such a long period of time and 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 everything subsequent has sort of been a little less nerve wracking, shall I say?
1: The question here is: so much opera over the years is in the language that it was written in. So yeah. why are we translating uh, English music theatre into German?
0: Yeah, that's exactly. It. It's so the locals can okay. enjoy it. Yeah, of course. And they they did, man, boy, that that place sold out every night. Yeah, for years they they, were, they ran for thirteen years
1: um, we talked about um, being overseas uh, in Europe and we've talked about wonderful days in Wellington uh, performing mm-hmm. is there anywhere else in the world or New Zealand at least that you would love to perform one day or anyone else that you'd like to like to work with
0: oh look if, if you're talking um, producers um, I'd pick Rick Rubin but um, yeah, and t- <laughs> yeah he's, he's my kind of guy man he's awesome but if uh, yeah if you're talking about gigs i i've got a th- i've really developed an appreciation for orchestras and every time i've been involved performing with orchestras i'm always just blown away with that gorgeous sound that they produce um yeah i've been lucky enough to perform with at least yeah the cso and and orchestra wellington here a few times and yeah the I guess yeah, that that'd be. I could do a whole lot more of that. That's for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Matt, it's been brilliant catching up with you um, after so many so many years and uh, getting a deeper understanding of of what created the Matt Pike we have today. It's time for a for a last track. Um, now I am led to believe that you've um, been in a, in a Led Zeppelin covers band at some point or a tribute band at least. Um, what does what does Led Zeppelin mean to you? As soon as I started playing the guitar, Led Zep was the
0: go-to band to emulate, to listen to. Oh, I don't think they really put a foot wrong, particularly with those first five or six albums were just incredible. Mm-hmm. Every, every song. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I did say to myself many, many times I'd never be in a tribute band. But as it's transpired, I've done, yeah, we've done maybe 11 years of this Led Zeppelin tribute. It's, we're not doing so many gigs these days. I do find it's a little bit more taxing me, on me vocally. But yeah, I've just, just done a, um, a long winter tour with the Pink Floyd experience now well. too. So um, yeah, tributes, I don't know how that happened, but they turned out to be my thing. Yeah. Um, but your yeah, Led Zeppelin, I, I never tire of. Um, I love going back, listening to the source material and, and, you know, realizing little idiosyncrasies that we've left out and things like that. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're really masters of their craft.
1: We've had a good old chat today, so I'm going to have to ask you for a short one. Yeah. Um, What would you pick? How
0: about where it all began, the very first track of the very first album, um, it contains everything that's amazing about Led Zepp, every instrument is so perfectly played the energy coming off each instrument um, vocals included good times bad times
1: thanks matt Thanks for being here today, my guest was Matt Pike. You're sure to see him pop up around the traps in Wellington or further afield if you're fortunate enough. You can head along to gardenofsound.nz, click on Matt's picture on the front page to find out more about the man and hear a bespoke Spotify playlist of all the songs and artists we talked about today gardenofsound.nz will also lead you to the Selwyn Sounds competition where you could win a double pass to next year's gig featuring Midjua 10cc Icehouse Jed Parsons and Zed just to name some of the amazing acts appearing that's gardenofsound.nz I'd love to have you back same time next week for Garden of Sound so in the meantime keep well keep listening and keep playing Hi